You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. All right. Packernet after dark time. I made a couple changes to the audio. So I just need to make sure that you can hear my computer audio. So let me know in the comments if you can hear the computer audio, which would be Incubus in the background. If you don't hear Incubus, then I got to make some changes. And once we get confirmation that it's working, we'll get to the calls. Until then, I'm going to just listen to music and have a good time. I know there's people in here. Answer me. Can you hear Incubus or just me? You hearing this? No? Anybody? Anybody give a crap? I only hear you. All right. Got it. Thank you, Jeremy. All right. So let's uh, make a quick change. I thought that that would work. That's all right. Bing, bing, bing. You hearing Incubus now? Thank you. Oh, that's a good song. All right, now that it's working, <laughs> why don't we get to the calls? If you want to call in, by the way, the number here is 608 I'm not going to open up the phone lines. I may do that at some point. I was thinking about it today because I had uh, Mr. Jost Farms there um, call in. He was kind of upset. He wanted to call in live. But um, most of the time what happens is people call in just thinking they're going to get the voicemail, and then they end up live, and it's kind of an awkward exchange. So um, until people get more familiarized with me doing this, you know, more regularly at the same time, et cetera, et cetera, we'll just kind of keep it the way it is. So feel free to call in 608-501-0718. You can see it right there. It's just going to be a voicemail. Leave a voicemail. We'll get to it. With that said, Biggie in Minneapolis, what's going on, man? Whoa, Pack Daddy. Hey, Ryan. There he is. Listen, man, I got a bone to pick with you. Where did oh, you get go. off? <laughs> No, seriously, I'm curious, after watching football for little of these many 50 years or more, um, how is it that a quarterback would demonstrate what Jordan Love has 
and suddenly or eventually regress uh, season to season. Like, you know, he's throwing these dimes that just leave the defensive backs who stand there waiting for their change. I mean, it, it, unbelievable accuracy, good pocket mobility, all these things. I could go on, you know, almost as long as you could. Anyway, um, but you're, you talk about how, you know, if he performs as he did, well, I mean, if they could jump his could jump routes because he's got a tell, or we find out he's immobile, and that happens when the offensive line doesn't play as well year year to year. You know, things like these could, this could happen. But he's already demonstrated the mobility. He's already demonstrated this accuracy. These this 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 uh, special you know je ne sais quoi that um, <laughs> other quarterbacks simply don't have. Je um, ne sais quoi. So I'm curious what. Why, the why of you know why we should be a little on guard as to you know how he could regress. So that's one thing. And then let's pause here. Uh, so I'm I'm not encouraging anyone to jump on the bandwagon here. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm I'm simply telling you where I'm at. And again, it comes from, and I think I demonstrated this to some degree, just looking at players and seeing the volatility. It happens all the time. Guys are, are really good, and then it turns out that they, they dip in production. I don't know. Everybody has this. Everybody has this in their career. You know? I mean, we saw Jair as number one. We're never going to see that again, right? But that doesn't mean he's bad. But how bad is he going to be? I don't know. Like, he's going to get a... <laughs> Rashawn Gary. Like, we saw him up here. Why would he ever come down? I don't know, but he did. Is he going to go back up? I don't know. We'll see. Um, I mean, Baker Mayfield. Baker was actually really good when he came out. And then he just went to crap. And then he's good again. Uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, obviously that's some extenuating circumstances there. But um, I don't know why. For whatever reason, he can't play football anymore. So I, I don't I don't know the situation there. Um, I'm just trying to... I mean, obviously it's going to be hard to find specific situations. Because uh, um, usually when you're really good, you're just really good. That's what it is. But I'm, I'm just saying I don't know. Let's... Let's just, I pulled up a couple different guys, and we'll just go through them. I haven't looked at them yet. Uh, oh, I don't have my screen up here. What the heck? And what, you didn't have any idea what I was talking about. I was showing you a video with freaking the, the music video, and nothing was there. All right, so just, just as an example, here's Russell Wilson, right? Russell Wilson's first year was a 90. Then it was an 80. Then it was a 70. Then an 80, 80, 70. Then like 90, 90, 90. Then 70, then 60, then 70. Like, we saw 90 first. Then it was straight down. We never saw it again until 2019. From 2012 to 2019, he never got back there. Now, he was never bad, but he went straight down and then just kind of hovered in this range for a while. Who else we got here? Jared Goff, right? Garbage, and then, like, significantly better. Then really good, and then he started going down, and then down, and then down, and then back up, and then way back up here again. You know, uh, let's see who's next. Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, in 2018, he was like the best in football. That's why I even pulled him up. But I just, you know, everybody has their own curvatures. Here's Matt Ryan. He was mostly good, but it was like, here's this, and then a massive regression, and then he comes up here, and then down, and then up, and then he peaks and wins MVP, and then he starts going back down, and then spikes, and then goes down, and then he had his lowest year here. What do we got here? Baker Mayfield, again. Like, look, people forget about this. Look how good he was. In his first year, and then he went back. But then he was good again, and then he was kind of bad, and then he was just god-awful, and then he's kind of good again. You know, I, Kirk Cousins, same thing. Elite, and then just crap. Just dog crap in Washington until he became good again. Uh, Andy Dalton was garbage before he was good, and then was garbage again, and then was really good, and then just stopped playing football. 
Uh, Carson Wentz was bad and then really good three years and then kind of bad again. Deshaun Watson, right? Best quarterback in football. Dog crap. Matt Stafford. I mean, every look, ups and downs and ups and downs. This is what everybody goes through. So I just, I don't know. I don't know the exact, look, Case Keenum. I pulled him up because he was a top 10 quarterback in 2017. Never saw that again. So all I'm saying is when he graded out as like an 85 or whatever grade he had, it obviously, um, it, it makes you feel much more confident that he's going to have a better career, but it doesn't mean that what we saw is going to just be a flat line. Like that's just it. Every single year is going to be that. I can promise you that's not going to happen. So it's a question of like, is it going to go up? Because there's not much room to go up. Is it going to go down? If it goes down, how much is it going to go down? I don't know the answers to these questions, but I, all I'm saying is I'm guarded because I've seen all this and I know how these things go and I don't know how things are going to pan out in the future from this point forward. So I'm not encouraging anybody to be negative or scared that Jordan Love is going to regress. I'm just pointing out the reality that he's not going to be the same guy from year to year. He's going to have up years and down. Rodgers went through that. Rodgers, you know, he he like went, 2009 was amazing. 2010 was really good. 2011 was the greatest thing we've ever seen. And then 12 was good, but not as good. And then 13, and then 14 was here, and then 15, and then 16, and then 17. And then it, 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 it's just... That's how it goes, and that's how it's going to go with with love too. So that's where I get off with that. I was in the store the other day, and I believe uh, you know Old Spice has my flavor. So you know, congratulations on uh, the new sponsor there. And I got an idea, throwing out there. Okay. So you know that song, "Love Is in the Air," mm-hmm. everywhere I look around. Yep. That that thing. So that's the theme song, right? And he's walking down the street, Jordan, that is, is mm-hmm. walking down the street, and that song is playing in the background, and just like an old Disney live-action cartoon where, you know, you got little animated things along with the live people, he's just waving at people, and these little tiny hearts are flying out of his armpits, you know, okay. so, so it's sure. very random and weird, like much advertising is today. Like Old Spice. You know, so that, that, was, uh, that was a concept. Oh, and by the way, when you see this scene, uh, you got, like, players, uh, like, you know, just fans, like, stand in the background, guys, you're walking by a park, and there's guys playing catch, and, uh, you know, the Packer guys are throwing the ball, and one of them just turns, gives this, like, look of absolute fondness on his face, ball hits him in the head, because the guy just threw him a pass, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a funny little scene, and then the Easter egg in the background, is you got these guys in black and orange jerseys, they're playing catch, too, they're far back, but you can pick them up, right, sure. if you look for them. And every time they throw a pass, they just, like, seriously, they just drop it, hits them in the chest. They cannot catch a ball. So I thought that would be fun. All right. Like so uh, anyway, um, you know, all marketing concepts are copyright. Acronet Broadcast Network, courtesy of Ram Jam. Just want to throw that out there, of course, get you covered. Anyway, that's what I got right now. Well, I appreciate that. Three minutes caught him, but it looked like he got through most of that. We will uh, continue to look into all of these suggestions for commercials that will never get made. Uh, maybe when our operating budget grows, we can start making ridiculous commercials for advertisers. But right now, advertisers are not going to pay enough for me to invest in that. But it's a fun idea, so keep sending them in. Andy from Kansas, what's going on? Hi, Ryan. This is Andy, still stuck in Kansas. A few thoughts about the new defensive coordinator, Jeff Halfley. Uh, I like his age. I like the experience that he's had in both the pro and college levels. I guess I'm curious to find out just exactly how he kind of cooks up the ingredients that uh, Brian Gutekunst has provided for him on our defensive side of the ball. Uh, like the old adage says, that the coaches, you know, they're in charge of cooking up the meal. 
And uh, just to extend that metaphor, uh, if what Budokunst has uh, purchased for, for Halfley's uh, defense, imagine that's like uh, corned beef, cabbage, and red potatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a mistake for, for fans to, to have Halfley come in and, and expect him to make tacos out of those ingredients. Mm-hmm. Not because nobody, not because people don't like tacos. We all love tacos. But you can't make tacos from bad ingredients. So people kind of think of it as, you know, think, okay, what's he going to do with this other than make your standard corned beef dinner? Uh, what if he makes a Reuben sandwich instead of uh, using sauerkraut? He uses the cabbage and yeah. makes some sort of, I don't know, southwest cabbage mix might have to go on the Reuben and instead of just plain old boiled red potatoes he cuts them up and puts them in the air fryer and makes fresh cut fries out of them. It's the mm-hmm. same ingredients just presented and cooked up you know in a different way um, I think that that's what we should look for from him as far as on the field then. Corned beef? Um, what are you know what, what's it going to be like for some of the, the players that we already have? How's Kenny going to play on a four-man front and mm-hmm. and what about Van Ness and, and Gary uh, from what I kind of understand in college they played more with their in their three point stance and in the dirt kind of thing uh, specifically Van Ness only because he's uh, he's kind of newer and he's from Iowa I wonder if it'll have you know this 4-3 front will have a reverse Aaron Campman effect I think so. on him if you remember Campman was a 4-3 end we changed to a 3-4 it affected him you know, pretty significantly in numbers he had going to I think Jacksonville. Um, I'm hoping the reverse will hold true and Van Ness will, you know, will succeed. Funny with uh, Halfley being a defensive backs coach, he's the third defensive coordinator under Matt Lafleur. His first one, Petten, had a defensive line and the linebackers background before he became DC, and Joe Barry was linebackers and before he became DC. So we've gone from the front of the defense to the back of the defense to see, you know, if that's going to make uh, any difference. Um, I'm wondering if the team's thinking, hey, we had a lot of dropped interceptions. Maybe if uh, Halfley coaches these guys to expect that kind of stuff, get a few more turnovers. Well, yeah, I'm, so I'm trying to I'm, – I'm, you got the gears mo- going over here for uh, SIS. I want to dig into this a little bit. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it now because i got to kind of play with it a little bit, but this is a, a great idea as far as can I isolate um, where Van Ness lined up and see how, how productive he was. And I think I kind of can, but i got to kind of play with this a little bit. And I can do the same for the other guys, although Preston really very rarely had his hand in the dirt, but we can still look at that uh, or just potentially go back to when he was in Washington. Um, I thought in the beginning you were more or less talking about you know, you, you can't make tacos out of a crap ingredients, meaning our players suck. And I was going to point out, which I still am because I feel like bragging about it, um, Halfley said maybe the biggest reason he came here is because of Brian Gutekunst and, and the the talent that he's been able to assemble and, and plus the belief that he's going to do that into the future. I mean, in other words, he's built an amazing group of guys that he can't wait to coach. He's also of the belief that this guy can go find me those guys that I need. Unlike some other teams, maybe they got some pieces. But And and by the way, and maybe most coaches do this, what a great forward-thinking way to go about this. If I want to be successful, not only do I want to make sure that it's a good coach with good players on a good team, 
I need to make sure there's a good GM so that if I say I need a safety that does this, I can trust that he's going to go find that guy and it's going to be a good one. So, uh, so there's that, but, uh, yeah, I am very excited. I like that he's a DB coach. I think that that's awesome. I'm very excited to see potentially what that could do for, um, for Jair and, and hopefully for, I keep talking about Savage, but we don't know if he'll be back and, and potentially Rudy Ford. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited for these guys. I'm excited, hopefully to see a big jump from our DBs. I know there's a lot of talent there and, um, I don't want to say untapped because we have seen some really good stuff from Jair and even Savage. I mean, last year was pretty good like three years ago or whatever was pretty good, but, uh, all right. Why don't we get to the second part of your call here? Ryan, Andy from Kansas again. Um, as far as the draft kind of stuff goes, I expect Gudikins to, to, to draft defense. I do too. To give happy some more pieces, not entirely uh, on the defensive side, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was the first few picks. Uh, he seemed to have done that for Joe Barry, you know, getting Quay Walker, um, in 2020, he gave, you know, LaFleur, uh, Love and Dylan and DeGuara pretty much the first three picks there in, in that draft. So I'm thinking he's gonna, he's gonna give Halfley a few things that he's, he's I looking so. for specifically at safety because we just need depth there and there's a few decent, uh, prospects at that uh, point in the draft. Uh, thank you for talking about the, uh, the mixed reviews of the quarterback class here in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd really love to see lots of teams who are maybe now thinking quarterback only because it's up in the air or the first, you know, best three quarterbacks really that good. Do a few others slide into the first round? I mean, we always talk about things like that, especially when our team doesn't necessarily need a starting quarterback. You know, as many teams as can pick a quarterback. In front of us, you know, that would be great. Yes. Allows other picks to slide back to us. I'm and, and I think I think it will. I think that's how it's going to materialize. I mean, we're pretty positive at this point there's going to be four, but I think there's, first of all, a good amount of quarterback needy teams that are going to be desperate. And I think, second of all, you've got sort of those kind of iffy-ish guys like Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix should go. Now, whether that's somebody coming into the second round after us, I don't know. But, you know, again, if we just pull up real quick here, um, just take a look at some of these teams. I think there's a decent amount of teams like in this range, Minnesota, Denver, um, who else? Uh, I mean, Vegas and New Orleans are kind of in weird situations. Uh, Seattle potentially would need somebody. Uh, I think Cincinnati's, I mean, they got obviously an injured quarterback, but I think they'll be all right. I mean, there's there's a lot of potentially you know pittsburgh just talk about them going with justin fields um uh, what else we got here i don't know so so some of these teams could potentially come in and you know what else i wonder about i wonder like if there's a team kind of in this range like tampa um that could be looking there's a team that might want to jump up ahead possibly even with the packers and, and move us back that would be anticlimactic if we end up jumping out of the first round but we get a haul for it but I, I think that that's how that's going to materialize because I think there's enough teams in this range that are going to be quarterback hungry and um, possibly even if, if whether they draft them here, trade back and draft them or come back in from the second round and draft them. Um, I think there's a lot of potential for some of these guys. Let me just pull up real quick here. Um, some of the quarterbacks that we're talking about, Penix and Bo Nix. Get out of my face. This thing's acting kind of glitchy lately where I can't scroll and stuff. There we go. So these four are going to be gone. I think J.J. McCarthy's long gone before that, but you got these two in particular. 
Um, and we'll see if anybody else jumps up. I think it was I think it was Pratt actually that I was a really big fan of. I'll be interested to see if anybody else kind of makes a big jump. But I mean, we we got four that are that are almost certainly gone, and potentially two other guys that could go before. And and as you're alluding to, obviously that's a massive benefit to us because it just pushes the rest of this talent down to us, right? So you're getting the I mean, I don't know who it would be, but, you know, the the Latus, the Fuagas, the Quinion Mitchells, the, you know, Cooper DeGene's, uh, Byron Murphy's, those types of guys perhaps fall into our lap. So, um, yeah, need our fingers crossed because all it takes is a guy, right, a team to like these quarterbacks to pull the trigger on it. What the heck is that? Everything's glitching on me. If there's a way to, to project, you know, what, what if this guy goes up in the boards into the first round and these top players only slide back a little bit, you know, is it possible to have five or six right. quarterbacks go in the first round? And if so, which teams, like, for example, the Vikings, are they really thinking exactly. QB right now? But what if some of those top ones slide because maybe they're not so good or maybe some other guys rise up and, you know, maybe they might go for something like that. And I'm curious if, if you know of any teams that might be thinking mm-hmm. or starting to think quarterback in the first when maybe a few weeks ago uh, they didn't. Um, one prospect at the tight end from Kansas State, his name is Ben Sinat, S-I-N-N-O-T-T. Saw a few K-State games. Our, our oldest son plays in the marching band there. And uh, he seemed to be able to lead that team, like lead them lead in, in receptions and, and just get to where he needed to get to all uh, some of our younger uh, tight ends we saw this year. Curious what you think about him. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, so I went to go check to see if I, I looked at him yet, but I forgot I have not looked at uh, tight ends yet. So let me pull him up really quick here. We'll slap him over here. We don't want 2016, obviously. Um, so if we look at his receiving first, six foot four, two forty five. I think somebody who was just talking about him as maybe it might have been um, Jake. I don't know, but I thought or maybe it was you in the comments section or something, was talking about Ben Sinat possibly as that Josiah DeGuara type of guy or the uh, the guy in, in, for the 49ers, the fullback, a use check type of a guy. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, you can clearly see the progression here for this guy where he just exploded here. 669 yards, six touchdowns, 82 PFF grade, 81 receiving, 81 drop grade, 73 pass blocking grade. Let me look at his blocking real quick. Um, his run blocking ends up being more important, 76. So just phenomenal across the board. And yeah, that 6'4", 245 feels like it kind of falls into that range, um, being those sort of H-back type of guys. So I haven't looked at it yet. That is going to be on the docket. I've got quite a bit to do. Um, tomorrow's podcast is about um, Halfley's interview. And then after that, maybe we'll do the rest of the uh, the rest of the guys. So we got tight end. What do we have to do yet? Um, I have to do tight end. I have to do edge and linebacker, I think is all that I have to do as far as looking at it. Then I want to do kind of a second run through, plus some of the guys that are a little bit further down, take some requests. By the way, comment section, light it up if you're interested, uh, some guys that you want me to check out. Usually I do like top 10, so that'd be one, two, three, four, so all the way down to about here is the guys that I would check out. So that is on the docket. Jersey Mike, what's going on, man? Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Mike. Uh... So, still waiting on something to happen. Obviously, we didn't re-sign or 
restructure, whatever the heck, Darnell Savage, yeah, Josh yeah. Nyman, and thank you, Sean. I'm hoping the guy we bring Savage back. Yep. Um, everybody says he's gone because they didn't, but I don't know. I don't I know. So. I don't care. I don't care about that noise. I want Savage back. We never saw Savage at his fullest potential, and I'm going to be more, more than pissed if they let Savage walk and Savage goes somewhere and has an elite rest of his career. Uh, we do not need to be seeing Casey Hayward 2.0. So, uh, yeah, please do, dear God. Uh, dear, dear Jeff Applin, uh, Matt LaFleur, whoever's in charge of this decision, please bring Savage back. <laughs> Also, I was going to buy my wife his jersey because my wife loves his last name. Ugh. <laughs> so frustrating. No comment. Oh, and, um, yeah, her birthday's on the 13th, and uh, his number is twice her birthday. <laughs> so that's, again, why she loves him. Anyway, anyway, that's not why I called. Um, I called because uh, he wants to let everybody know uh -oh. Jersey Mike in the next week or two here, is quitting his job, is packing my wife and uh, my six dogs up, and uh, we're heading north. Jersey? Uh, Wisconsin? Souls. We're going to live in Pennsylvania. So, uh, Omar? All right. I'm going with the Eagles Omar. fans. Who's it from Virginia? Omar the firefighter from Virginia, right? I don't know. I think that's him. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Texas, you're not going to be able to see me in Texas. And, uh, yeah, may maybe Jersey. Maybe the draft. Probably the draft. Um, by the way, I'm 100% down for a Packernet meetup. Yeah. I keep saying that. Um, I want to match voices to faces. And then I want to giggle about how your voice doesn't match your body. Because <laughs> I always feel like that happens. I feel like you go to meet somebody that you've had a great relationship 100%. with online. And then you meet up with them, and you're like, "It's gonna be so weird." This is nothing at all, but I expected, not even slightly. So, so for me, I'm thinking Omar the firefighter is so big, oh, big dude, dude. Just jacked. You know, he's I'm six, gonna say four. he's like six four, two fifty. <laughs> right? He's built. One hundred percent. We got the go same picture. Right. Ladders. Yeah, he that got dude a, is, he got a, he's a grandma's from burning buildings. So <laughs> that's what I'm imagining. I'm yeah. probably wrong, but anyway. So I just wanted to say that. Um. Anyway, go pack, go. Hold on. I know. I know who you're picturing. So, my wife and I. I will admit something. I've already told you this, but what the heck is? Oh, Gil. I want to find this guy. So we watched this show called Married at First Sight, and uh, Gil is who you're thinking of. Let me see if I got a better picture of this guy. All, all the women love this guy. He's like the nicest guy in the world. He got set up with this woman who was just kind of a psychopath and didn't like him. Um, but this is Gil. There you go. Here's the guy. Just this big, jacked firefighter. Uh, you, that's that's him. Like, I, I don't want to be weird and say that I want to find a picture of him with his shirt off, but I think you get the point. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. That's, that's, that is my expectation. It is going to be crazy, though, because... I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, even you, like, you posted kind of a picture of yourself, and I was like, that's not Jersey Mike. I'm picturing Jersey Shore, and I'm seeing a picture, and I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't compute. So, yeah, I, I can't even imagine, like, a Packernet After Dark meetup where you, you hear all the voices, and you know exactly who it is, but then you look at their face, and they're like, no. Like, I, I can picture Trucker Bob. I know exactly what it looks like. Um, 
Uh, Stephen Alaska. I know what Stephen Alaska looks like. I've never seen him. 100%. We all, we all have built almost the same picture of these people. I guarantee it. And if we meet him in person, it's not going to be like that. But uh, we've been going a long time. Why don't we take a break? Uh, we'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Okay, packdaddy, I have a mock draft scenario where there's three different options. And I'm going to ask you which option you would rate as your top choice and then go down the line. And then the part two to that question would be why would you want this scenario to happen? So the three scenarios would be the Packers in the first round in scenario one would draft Quinion Mitchell. And then in the second round, however they move up or whatever, they get Kitchens or Newman? Do you plug in which one you would want? Second scenario, they draft Jackson Powers Johnson, first round, and Guyton in the second round. Third scenario, they would get Murphy, defense tackle out of Texas. And in the second round, they would get Edger and Cooper. So which one of these scenarios do you think would be the best for the team going forward that would have the most impact. But I first want to hear who would you want and why. I'm out. I'm trying to remember what the second one was. It was it was offensive line, right? I'm leaning toward Byron Murphy. So, well, I shouldn't say that. Quinion Mitchell is awesome, and then you get a safety on top of it. The only reason I'm kind of eh is just because it's like we got Jair and I like our safeties. If we're not bringing back Savage, and it's like, I don't think that's like Rudy Ford, it's not going to be a thing or whatever, because he's a free agent too, that might be the one. And then then you can build it up in your head, like, bro, we got Quinion Mitchell, who is an elite freaking corner, he's going to be amazing, and we got this safety to pair with whoever it is we're bringing back, or whatever, free agency, this, that, or the other, to pair with Halfley, this DB, like, we're going to have the best secondary, like, we'll be coming up with stupid names, like the, the, the no-fly zone, the winter weather birds flying around scheme guys um i could see that being fantastic i am a really big uh byron murphy fan 
So that one appeals to me. Um, and then you said, what, Cooper? Edge rusher, where is he? I'm trying to remember. It's hard to keep, not Cooper DeGene. Edger and Cooper, the oh, so I haven't done linebackers. That's what it was, is linebacker. I don't hate that. Um, I think, again, just, just trying to think, like, as Packer fans, how would we talk about this, right? So we've got this defensive lineman that I'd just be geeking out about. I can't believe we got this guy. He's awesome. It's going to be freaking in the rotation with Wyatt and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Kenny, um, I think the only issue is, like, if we don't take – some of the interior guys we got last year and maybe play with them on the outside. We got so many guys that we like. Again, not not necessarily a problem, but whatever. And then linebacker, it'd be kind of cool because we need those guys. You know, you pair them with, uh, obviously, Quay. I, again, I haven't watched Cooper, so I don't know if we're talking weak side, strong side, presuming uh, Quay is a middle linebacker, which I don't know that for sure. Oh, what the heck was your other one? I don't remember. It was Jackson Powers Johnson, which I, I'll just I'll just rule that one out. I'm not big on Jackson Powers Johnson in the first round, just based on the fact that he's a center, and second of all, because he's not even my favorite center in the group. I might go with the first option. I really wanted to to say uh, Byron Murphy just because I'm a fan, but it's it's hard to to look at it and say, you know, Quinion Mitchell with Jair Alexander. And then, you know, again, whatever safety, and I don't know, who was, I think I preferred um, Newbin a little bit. But I do want to go back through, especially now that I heard uh, Halfley talk about the kind of safety that he's looking for. And again, the combine is going to be big, seeing what, what speed they have. But I, I think I'm going to go with that. By the way, comment section, man, you guys are sleeping. Let me know what you guys think about those options as well. I would probably lean the DB route if I had to choose Um I could see that being like the most, as far as us sitting back after two days, and there would be additional picks, obviously, but I could see us after day two, like doing the podcast, sitting back going, holy crap, dude, this this secondary is going to be stupid. So I'm going to go that route. Uh, we'll skip Josh Farms, because that's just a two-second deal, and go to Washington Metro. Hey, it's Washington Metro, not from Washington once again. Actually, I'm from Austin. Uh, well, not from here, but I, I live here. Nice. In any case, uh, Texas. But in any case, uh, I was just listening to some of, uh, Halfley's interview, and I gotta say, I'm fired up. This guy has a lot of, a lot of energy, and he seems to be saying a lot of things I wanna hear. I mean, I, I don't wanna be ahead of myself or anything, but I did, I did envision uh quite a quite a season coming up with this guy uh coaching our defense, heading up our defense, yeah. and these guys fired up. I, I expect to see some more turnovers, especially this season. I, I remember, you know, some of our best seasons were when our defense was getting a lot of turnovers. And I, I really think this guy is gonna bring that kind of attitude, especially for the kind of players that we have. I think he's going to connect with them. I'm excited to see what he brings to the draft as well. Uh, the kind of new rookies that we kept playing, because I do think that we're going to play some rookies this year, especially in the secondary. And uh, I'm I'm just excited. Anyway, have a good one. It's so funny how I listened to the DC, and I agree with everything you said. Like, everybody's super geeked out. He said all the right things. Um 
but I feel like I'm talking to a car salesman, you know, where it's like, you're saying things that I like. You are. And I agree with all of it, and it all kind of makes sense. And you're right, I probably should buy that car. In fact, I came in here exactly for that car. But the fact that you're saying it makes me feel like you're manipulating me, and I don't want to be stupid. So I kind of want to look at you and be like, yeah, well, frickin', you're an idiot, and I'm not buying it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just we've heard all the talk before, and, like, you're just, you're just kind of defensive about hearing it. Like, yeah, you're saying all the right things, but I don't believe you. But it's hard. It's hard to even be... Um, on the defense listening to him because he does say everything correctly. I mean, I point out again, we go through that whole podcast or that whole interview tomorrow, but there is one particular question and answer that just covers everything from top to bottom for me. And um, really just is a good selling point in terms of, I mean, every single thing that we were annoyed with last year, he touches on, but you know, specifically just laying out like exactly what the real core root issue was, which was, employing a defense for these guys that they can't understand that that, that just it, it's not working right they, they can't translate it looks great on paper and then you try to give it to them and it's just not working and rather than adjusting it and saying how do we make it work for you we just say well it failed because you couldn't execute and throwing the players under the bus and that halfly addressed that exactly he said my, my job is to give you something to maximize you and if and if you can't get it if you can't do it that's on me that's my fault I either have to teach better or I have to change what I'm asking you to do. But that was that was a major issue last year was Joe Barry just handing it over saying, this is what we're doing. And then obviously there was miscommunication, especially on the back end, all these problems. And then it was just, well, they didn't execute. Well, technically that's true, but also technically that's because of you, bro. That's your job. So he's, you know, again, just checking all the boxes, saying all the right things, not to mention a five-minute butter-up session talking about how great our coach is, how great our GM is, how great the organization is, how great the fans are. Um, and then and then we get into, like, all the guys that he brought in. You got Ansley coming in, who's a former defensive coordinator. The guy just looks awesome. He's got Ogabasi, who is a defensive line. He could have come in and been the defensive line coach. He's the assistant defensive line coach behind Rebrovich. Like, we've got everybody that's overqualified. We've got... Um, Campanile, who should be a defensive coordinator. Miami Dolphins fans wanted him to be the defensive coordinator. They shot him down for the second time, and he's like, fine, screw you. So what does he do? He comes over here, he's our linebacker coach. He should be a defensive coordinator. He's overqualified. We have a head coach as our defensive coordinator. So, um, yeah, we, we've just got such an unbelievable situation that I'm, I'm I don't know how the stars align the way that they did, but if this doesn't work, then I know we're just cursed and we're never going to have anything. Too old for this says, draft all the Coopers and trade for Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, and Cooper Rush. The all-Cooper team would be unstoppable. That's probably true. Michael Redden says, cornerback in this case, but getting swayed to defensive line if that's the best value. Uh, Professor Cakes wants to know, what's y'all's opinion on Xavier Howard? Should Packers try to sign him? I don't know the status of Xavier Howard. I haven't really looked into that. What is... Uh, Let's see if I can pull up his uh, thing really quickly here. Pretty sure he's still in. Um... Nope, he's not. Well, I'm not going to chase him around, try to find him. So I don't have an opinion. Uh, let's see. Too old for this says the best part of what Halfley said is that he tries to fit to what the players are best at rather than making it's exactly right. Making him fit the scheme while keeping it simple. Sherman and others back. Uh, he walks the walk. And, and you know, the funny thing is I mentioned this on the podcast as much as I try to be skeptical, the really funny thing about it is he's proving the concept as he's talking. Because 
I understand his defense more than I ever understood Joe Barry's defense. I'm already comprehending it. He's coming in saying, look, what we're going to do is we're going to make it simple. The way that we do defense, we're going to make it really simple. And as he's explaining it, I'm like, holy crap, I get that. I, I completely understand. Like this whole, you know, the vision-based de- defense, vision and break. It's very simple. It's the, the sort of antithesis of cover people, not grass. We're going to cover grass, not people, which obviously they wouldn't describe it that way. But it's get to your spot, get your eyes on the quarterback, and break to the ball quickly. And, here, and the reasons are X, Y, Z. Man coverage, right? It's all based on you force them to declare. Once they do, we cut the route tree in half. It becomes really simple for you. It's like, I get that. He's proving the concept that this is easy to comprehend and also proving, you know, and anybody can say we want to simplify things. But if Joe Barry's scheme is complex, trying to simplify it might not be really conducive. This is conducive. The whole thing is built on we want to do things that simplify things so that they can just, boom, go play and rally and fly and play. Even if, you know, cover people, not grass might be technically better, sound, whatever. I want guys that are aggressive and fast and break to the ball and rally to the ball. And this is how you get them to do it. So um, I'm just very excited. I want to see this come together. I want to see our players get excited about it. And um, we'll see about that. Professor Cakes wants to bring in Xavier Howard. Reports are he is expected to be cut. Interesting. He's got to be getting up in age, doesn't he? Xavier Howard, was he 30 years old? Xavier Howard, yeah, he's 30. So... That in and of itself is a little bit of an issue. I don't know what he would want on the market. I mean, it'll probably make him a little bit cheaper. <sighs> Plus, I mean, there's some good options at corner, man. I I, I think, you know, Quinion Mitchell's probably gone, but Rakestraw I'm a big fan of. There's some guys. Plus, we still have Stokes, and I, I don't want to just forget that he exists. Um, so I don't know if we, like, throw all the money at a corner when – I don't know. We'll see. Uh, all right, let's take our final break. We'll come back and hear from Deflator. Hey, what up, Ryan? What's going on? I just finished watching the uh, press conference for the uh, defensive coordinator. I am psyched to see what he's going to bring. It's, it's like a breath of fresh air listening to him talk. And on the uh, other hand, I was watching Matt LaFleur's um, press conference and uh, listening to him. Yeah, it gets me jazzed, man. It gets me jazzed. The only question I have is why do they put that stupid freaking button on top of the hat? That's just so, you know. What button? Uh, I just can't take my eyes off of it. It's just stupid. Anyway, uh, love what you're doing. Keep it up. Thank you. Bye. This is the wrong one. Um, let me go to YouTube real quick and see if I can figure out what you're talking about. They put a button on his hat. See, this is this is where I'm terrible. This is where like my wife will like clean an, an entire area and then she'll just kind of wait for me to say something and I won't say anything and then she gets upset. Um, because I didn't notice. Halfley's not wearing a hat. What are we talking about? I don't know what we're talking about here. Um, no, but it, again, agree. I like the press conference. I don't know what button they they have uh, that annoys you, but hopefully they get that rectified. But yeah, man, he is a fresh air, and um, 
I'm, I'm very excited to kind of dig into this. I want to hear the assistant guys as well. I'm hoping we can hear from them soon enough. Uh, Bill Ryan says Stokes has made a glass. I don't know, man. I mean, this stuff happens a lot, and I don't want to get into a situation where when guys get hurt, we'll just like throw them out, you know, get rid of them. I don't know. I mean, Aaron Jones went through this. He went through it at a phase where he was hurt all the time. Kevin King did too. Not saying Kevin King was a good football player, but like his first couple of years, he was never on the field, and then that kind of went away. Um, it's patience, man. I mean, pay, the, the Packers have extra, they they've proven to be one of the more patient organizations in football, and it's paid off a lot. And I think as a fan base, we got to kind of embrace that, or we're just going to be miserable. They're not going to just throw Stokes out because he's he got an injury. Like that's just not going to happen. <sighs> Let's see. Professor Cake says, man, I want Stokes to be great. I really do. I'm not rooting against him, but he hasn't showed much of anything really besides his rookie year. He doesn't look like a natural corner. Well, I mean, the issue is he's only really had a, a rookie year. He had a rookie year, then he played the next year, and it was like he started off hot, and then there was that period where the entire team sucked, and he struggled in there, and then he was hurt, and we didn't see him. So, I don't know. We'll see. Chargers are rebuilding. Is Derwin James a desired trade target? Bro, if Derwin James is available. I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's just a name and he's kind of fallen off uh, lately, but that dude is a freaking monster. And, and, you know, they just announced that there's going to be a lot more money uh, for teams. Now, that means everybody has more money, so the price tags go up across the, uh, across the NFL. But still, that would be intriguing to me to kind of uh, follow that development. We'll see. Uh, Campanile, I think is how you say his name, gets me fired up. I think he's going to be great. Yeah, he, he's fantastic, as is uh, Ainsley. I think both of those guys, they got some serious energy, which is awesome. Professor Cakes looks like a track star impersonating a cornerback. I'm worried that his two major injuries could affect his speed. If speed is gone, I don't think he has the technical skills. And that could be. that. that that's the thing. Like, I, He needs to come back. Same, I mean, same with Christian Watson, right? They got to come back. They got to play healthy, and they got to play for an extended period of time to be able to fully assess what these guys can do. Because right now, I don't have an assessment. And the problem with Stokes is that we're running out of time. I mean, I think this is year four for him. So it's like, okay, you got you to gotta make a statement here because I understand it's unfair to judge you when you haven't played and because you've been injured. But that's, if that's all I have to work with, then no, you don't get to stay. So. Um, Dude's got to get healthy, he's got to get on the field, and he's got to show us what he can do. And um, I'm hoping with Halfley being there, who's a great DB coach, who's going to simplify things for him, um, I'm hoping he has you know enough speed and enough ability to be able to, to pull this off. But if he can, he can, and then we move on. You know, it is what it is. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know Stokes is great. I just don't think we have enough information. I, I was encouraged by what we saw his rookie year, and I just don't know that we've seen enough from him outside of that to know... Is there going to be some development? What are we going to do? I don't know. Who is texting me right now? My phone's blowing up. Um, what makes me nervous about Stokes is too old for this. Isn't the injuries, but he seems to lack confidence. Maybe. I mean, look, last year, yes. He came in, what, like mid-season, got thrown in, was just thrown to the wolves and played like garbage and got hurt again. I mean, it was just, it was ugly. But, you know, I, I want to see him again. From training, I want him in training camp because he didn't get any of that in training camp. Lined up across from Jair, lined up you know across across from uh, Christian and from you know Wicks and these guys, and learning what Halfley has to say. Like really immerse himself in this Halfley scheme and the way that they get up and they play press and the way that they drop and play zone and the way that they do things and just see if he's that guy because different schemes need different guys and may maybe he would have been great with Barry and he's not going to be good with Halfley or maybe vice versa. 
whole new scheme, whole new new uh, way of doing business. And so I again, give me a season with him where he has from training camp through the season to see if he's the guy. If he is, that's freaking amazing. We got two great corners. If he's not the guy, then we move on. I mean, it's not going to break my heart. Um, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, I, I just want to see it is all I'm saying. Chad Inc. says, I'm really curious and excited to see what Halfley and Camp do with Walker. He could be a real weapon with his athleticism. Let him play fast like Halfley said yesterday. I, I think so too, man. I mean, my, my biggest issue with Joe Barry and Quay Walker was, and I've talked about this a thousand times on the podcast, but Every time I watch a defense play the Green Bay Packers, the linebackers, boom, they just take off. They take off like a freaking rocket. And so we've got offensive linemen trying to get out and catch them, try to wall them. They can't get there. You can't chase down a linebacker who's, you know, directly in front of you, and he takes off full speed at the snap. You're not going to catch him. I mean, not only are you significantly slower than him, and you got a big defensive tackle in front of you that you got to get around, but you got to run it at an angle to try to wall this, take this guy out. It's never going to happen. But our guys always got blocked. Why? Because Quay just stood there. Our guys just stand there and they wait and they anticipate. And and look, you go out and get a guy that's got range and he's got speed and he's got, you know, violence and just freaking pop to his game. You know, so you got three linebackers there. You got to, so it's it simplified. You're the strong side. You're the mic. You're the weak side. And these guys can just fly. And I want that. I want to see him just freaking take off at the snap. And yeah, sometimes that's going to mean... You miss things, and sometimes you over-pursue, and sometimes you do this, that, or the other, but it's better than just standing there and getting blocked and then tackle a guy falling backwards and letting him get six yards. I mean, that's bull crap. So anyways, yes, I agree. Um, Professor Case, try to get back to the calls, but I'm, I'm glad the, uh, the comments are coming in. Remember how two years ago we thought we were going to have the no-fly zone defensive back room? I swear for the last tennis drafts, cornerbacks and safety has been a top priority. It's getting frustrating. I mean, everything's a top priority. I mean, we, we say that, but yet we've been, what, the worst run defense in the NFL for several years? So so what? We need linebackers and defensive tackles and edge, and we need everything. So, um, I, again, we'll, we'll see. I, I want to see who stays and who goes, and I want to see kind of who, who who rises to the occasion and who sinks with this, with this Halfley scheme. Some of these guys might be kind of a round peg in a square hole, and it might just not work. Um, so we got to see. But I'm hoping, you know, especially some of the edge guys, Rashawn and Lucas Van Ness, can kind of flourish in this. Uh, hopefully some of the assignments for the defensive tackles, I think, might might ease up a little bit, especially for guys like Wyatt, um, to be able to come in and be that three technique and just freaking fly. You know, it's, it's more of a, again, it's mostly just go get them. And it's not everything has to be the defensive line and then the linebackers play cleanup. It's like, no, just freaking go. Like, we'll, 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 we'll worry about the back end with somebody else. Brambo's late to the party. We're going to shut this thing down, but Brambo's here, so we got to keep going. Uh, let's do Pedro, the redhead from Brazil. Hey, Ryan, it's me, Pedro, the redhead from Brazil. What's up, man? So, today I want to talk about two different things. First, I want to talk about the draft, but more specifically, the Bears. Sure. Everybody's talking, oh, they should trade a pick, or oh, no, they should pick, or whatever. As far as I'm concerned, if I were a Bears fan, I would want them to pick a Caleb Williams at first. Yes, 100%. And if at my ninth pick, ninth overall pick, there was still one of the, the top quarterbacks available, I would pick another one. Oh, but I don't hate Mason is a good play. I don't care. Let them compete. 
And then after a couple of years, you will have a, a high ceiling quarterback and, uh, as a uh, two high ceiling quarterbacks. You pick one, you trade the other one. You will probably still have some value. And yeah, that's it. Move on. You've got your quarterback in the future and keep going. Really doubt they're going to do that. And that makes me happy. So, and the other thing I want to. So I, I talked about this a long time ago, and I was like, I was half joking at first, and then when I thought about it, I'm like, why wouldn't you do that? The, listen, the the only thing that matters in this entire draft class, and if you don't believe me, look at 2020. We all said it with Jordan Love. Like, everybody sucks. Okay, but it's going to be his best draft class if Jordan Love is the guy. That's the only thing that matters. The only thing that matters for the Bears is that they come away with a franchise quarterback, the first really elite for franchise quarterback in their entire franchise history. That's the only thing that matters. I mean, look, if, if I came out of that draft with Caleb Williams and J.J. McCarthy, that would be the best possible situation. You get Caleb coming in immediately. If he's the guy, then you you sell J.J. for as much as you can get. And if you lose value because it's the ninth pick and you end up getting a second-round pick for him or something, freaking whatever. I got Caleb Williams, and he's a great quarterback. I don't give a crap. You're going to tell me I lost? I didn't lose. Okay, I can't lose. And if Caleb struggles, then J.J. supposedly needs time to develop. Okay, great. So he sits for a couple years. He learns. He develops. We we move Caleb Williams because we failed again. Then we bring in J.J. I don't know. I, I Everything in me says that's the dumbest freaking thing you can do. But as I sit here, it's like, why would that be stupid? What about that is dumb? Because, again, the only thing that matters is that we get a quarterback. I don't care if we draft nothing but quarterbacks. I don't care if we trade every pick we have to get three of these quarterbacks. Just do it. Get a quarterback. Like, don't mess this up. I mean, I want you to mess it up, 100%. I hope they don't draft two quarterbacks. I hope they get a quarterback and then some freaking bum wide receiver or something, and the quarterback sucks. That would be great. But, um, and, and that's kind of a good gauge, too, is if they draft two, it's like, oh, crap. Like, it just, like, doubled the odds that they're going to end up with a great quarterback. Uh, let's see. And then too old for this says it would make sense for them to bring back fields, but also draft Williams, which is also something that they could do. And I think it, it kind of makes sense from the standpoint of, number one, again, somebody needs to be smart and follow the Packers model and not throw him in if he's not ready. If Williams isn't ready, make him sit and let Fields play. Just do it. It doesn't matter if Fields sucks. So he sucks and we get another high pick and we can load up Williams. It doesn't matter. The point is we need to, de- to develop Williams. And it especially makes sense if the rumors are true that Fields is going to yield like a third round pick. It's not worth anything. So just keep him. Um... The only question then would be, like, how much is he going to cost, et cetera, et cetera. You might not want to pay him. But um, if he is going to yield, like, a first-round pick, it becomes a little trickier in terms of keeping him. But I I think that is an option. Um, I mean, look, if I'm the Bears, honestly, I'm going to draft Caleb. I'm going to get rid of Fields. That's probably what I'm going to do. But, I mean, if you really think about it, both of those options, to me, make sense. Uh, Bill Ryan says, Caleb fumbled 32 times in 36 games and holds a ball too long. That's what I've been saying for a while. Like, every issue that Caleb has is Fields' issue. Like, he's got a slow processor. He doesn't throw, like, on time in rhythm. Everything's too slow. He holds the ball too long. He fumbles a bunch. Like, he's, he is – the best thing that could ever happen is if they get Caleb Williams and he is Justin Fields, he just can't run like Fields. So he's so he's just worse. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I still think it's the right thing to do, but I'm far from crowning Caleb Williams as this elite can't-miss prospect because he's just not. More than 30 Bears fans would show up to training camp if it was Fields Williams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
That is true. That is a funny, like their family night or whatever, whatever they call it. The, uh, I don't know. Nobody goes to that freaking thing. It's hilarious. Talk about it's the NFL game in Brazil. Uh, I was not talking about this so far because they didn't want to jinx it. And you know what? It has to be a because If the NFL has... I got two, what you're saying. One people with a brain... They're, they're going to be the Packers. You guys have no idea how huge the Packers fan base is here. I love it. It would be amazing. The colors are the colors of a flag. Can you even imagine? Like, people down there are crazy, like with their soccer and everything else. Can you imagine a, a big stadium completely filled and, like, the Packers are the away team, but it's just a stadium filled of Packer fans? It's a It's a... Big, huge stadium filled with Brazilians wearing the green and gold, whether it's traditional Packer stuff or just whatever green and gold they got because they're freaking Brazilian and they got green and yellow. And they're just going nuts for the Packers. They got cheese hats on and everything else, and they're booing the home team. It's just, oh, I want that so bad. And, they, and maybe that's why they won't do it because it's like, no, the Eagles are the home. I think the Eagles are the home team. The Eagles are the home team, so we don't want to make them out to be the bad guys. So we got to get some bullcrap team like the Browns. Um, that nobody's going to like. But I, I agree. I, I think, I know for a fact that Brazil is um, the largest fan base that, uh, how do you say it? The, the team that is liked the most, that's not even true, whatever. It's the Packers. They have more Brazilian fans than anybody else. And uh, I noticed that early on. I remember even with the podcast, I had uh, people from Brazil reaching out. And then on social media, you start seeing, like, Brazilian Packer fans. And I'm like, that's so random to me. I mean, Brazil's massive. Obviously, a lot of people live there, which is going to contribute to it. But, I mean, there's a lot of countries like that that are massive that I don't see this from. Um, so I know for a fact that it's big in Brazil. And I would just love to lean into that. I know a lot of people are like, no, I don't want our team traveling. I don't care, man. That, that would be huge to get the Packers down to Brazil and uh, have something like that. I would love that so much. Everybody's going to be wearing green golden stadium. It's going to be huge. It's it's going to be beautiful. So I don't. I know a couple of people. Oh no, it's a we must travel the distance and whatever. I don't care. So trust me, it's worth it. And it's going to be a waiting. So it's like you're going to make a a waiting a whole game. Right. How? That's not good for the Packers. <laughs> so, yeah, I really hope to watch my first ever live Green Bay Packer game in the So, yeah, that's it. Catch you soon. Bye-bye. I, I mean, I, and that's part of the reason, too. Like, I, I think it would be cool for us out here to be able to, to experience that. But just think, like, there's so many Packer fans all over the world, especially in Brazil, just a massive amount of Packer fans. And how special of a moment that would be to be able to go see them in person in Brazil. Like, that'd be such a cool thing. Um, and I do hope that if they do that, you'd be able to be able to go. I'm guessing it's not going to be the Packers. If it is, I'm going to be over the moon excited. And I, again, I hope you go to that and uh, get to experience that. That's going to be awesome. But um, we could get to Pedro's second call, but I'm, I'm kind of getting wiped out a little bit. And I want to get some more draft stuff done. If at all possible, because it's relatively early. So uh, take a little break. And um, again, 608-501-0718 is the number. If you want to go ahead and just leave a message, we can get to it next time. Garrett says NFL has no freaking logic. They're capable of making intelligent decisions that favor the fans. 
that seems to be the case, which is kind of crazy. But again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And I'm going to try to do this every day. This is Packernet After Dark. We're going to do uh, live on here. So please subscribe. Please hit the little bell notification so you don't miss it. I'll try to get a consistent time, but I can't, man. I got a wife and four kids. There's so much going on. I can't give you a specific time. It's just when it's going to be, it's going to be. So again, hit the bell notification so that you get the you get notified when we're doing it and don't miss it. So thanks for hanging out, and I will see you soon if you want to see some draft content. Bye-bye.